Hey you, welcome to Proud Diaspora, a podcast by one of you for all of us. I mean, in the 21st century, we're all migrants, just to cite an article of the National Geographic. All of us are descendant from migrants. It just happens that sometimes you can immediately tell by a simple glimpse of somebody's features, or you have to go deeper and experience the culture to realize it. Whatever it is that makes you a proud diaspora, I want to celebrate it with you and pay an homage to all the transnational communities. My name is Fahima Makanga. This is Proud Diaspora. Hey, Yawo. Hey, Fahima. <laughs> Oh, it's been a long time. It's nice to actually see you again. Yeah, it's uh, it's been I think half a year. Half a year. Yeah, six months or something since the summer. Oh yeah, true. Because we've been taking social distancing seriously, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> Winter and uh, social distancing. Yeah, I know. I remember, but I'm happy to to see you again. Thank you for inviting me. In your podcast. <laughs> have you listened to the first episode? I have, yes. Yeah. I, I've seen the title on Instagram and uh, I thought, yeah, she did it. <laughs> Finally. Finally, I know I've been talking about it for such a long time. But now I found a topic that actually really, really inspires and interests me. So And a lot of us as well. Yeah, I didn't even know that there are so many people living in a diaspora. But it literally says that there are over 215 million people living in a country other than the one they were born in. Those are the numbers from the Global Diaspora Forum. Did you know that that number is larger than the population of Brazil? When you make that comparison... It seems huge, right? And 250 million people. Mm-hmm. I would not think that. I I never thought about the number. Now thinking about it, we are eight billion, um, seven or eight. So I think it's it's a really small part at the end of the day. I would expect us to be more uh, traveling and uh, mingling. <laughs> yeah, true, but. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about it? I mean, you are part of the diaspora, but how do you feel about it? Do you think, like, do you know many people who live in a diaspora like you? Yes, definitely. Uh, um, I think it's kind of a small bubble. From the moment you leave your country, you start looking forward or looking around yourself to see Mm -hmm. other people like you. Yeah. So I end up knowing a lot of people in every place I've been. Yeah. I'll say maybe half half okay. almost. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot still. You can actually see and recognize them through like as I said earlier in the intro, you know, their features or you know, there's so many things. So with you, obviously, the first thing I think the listeners hear is the French accent. Oh, so yes. <laughs> most of them, they would think, oh, he's French, but what's your home country? That is a huge question. <laughs> <laughs> because now every time I have that question, I think about a um, TED talk I've listened to uh-huh. where um, she was saying, I'm a local from different parts of the world, like uh-huh. where you live in. 
I was born in Togo. I was born in Lome, in the suburb of Lome, in Togo, and spent some years there. But yeah. my teenage were in Dakar, Senegal. So um, when you ask me what is your home country, it's difficult. And uh, I've spent the last 10 years in Europe, between France and Germany. Yeah. <laughs> it is a difficult question because you have the childhood somewhere, the teenage somewhere, the 20th somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I'm just beginning my 30th. I'm a local of Munich at the moment. Mm. And uh, but I've been a local in north of France. I've been a local in Dakar. Yeah, I go there every year. It's actually yeah. beautiful because you've seen so many different parts of this world, and it did do something in the way you grew up because you didn't only see one part of one country as many of us do but you've seen many different people and did it change how to, how you view people and places are you open-minded or did it actually make you you know <laughs> closer yeah <laughs> uh, could be i think it's it's definitely made me more open to to the outside to the unknown and it actually also um, affect my sense of identity I know before I left uh, my home country, I was always identifying as Togolese. Mm -hmm. And uh, after living in Benin and in Senegal, I started identifying as African. Mm -hmm. Moving to France and meeting people from other parts of Africa, I started identifying as West African. <laughs> um, not to close myself from the other, but from certain kind of respect knowing that okay there are people in Congo or in Ethiopia who have a lot of differences common mm -hmm. stuff but also their own stories in comparison to what I know so I cannot speak for them mm -hmm. and on the identity for myself it's just made me not so uh, attached to where I was born mm -hmm. you know and also growing up and with different experiences mm -hmm. you just realized it's a lottery <laughs> okay. i just happened to be born somewhere right? okay so so you think being born somewhere doesn't say anything about how you or where you feel attached to no i think it's the experiences you have okay. the memories you yeah. have in a place amazing okay now um okay so you moved as a teenager to senegal yes. right what was the reason parents moving Actually, did you know that um, um, most migration from Africa mm. are inside of Africa? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the whole refugees are exactly. moving within Africa. Exactly. And um, also, fun fact, Uganda is actually one of the countries that is taking most of those refugees. Yes. Oh, and then from there, you moved to France. Yeah. Okay, what did you do in France? Studying. Obviously. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, studying, but talking about mobility, the first one was difficult. I was 10. My dad had to move for work to another country. I didn't want to. Then we went. And when you're 10, you, you don't know a lot, right? You're mm -hmm. just like, my country is the best. Mm -hmm. My street is the best. My yeah. friends are the best. Yeah. We play football together. Yeah. Then you discover, oh, they also they're are okay. human. Yeah. yeah, they're okay. <laughs> we can have fun as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was actually around 2000 when I started watching One Piece for the manga people here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I knew you have to bring out your nerd side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Some people like Disney. I like a manga. I know, it's fine. <laughs> and um, One Piece is basically the story of this guy who is young and who just wants to travel the world on the seas. Is right? it? Yeah, he's a pirate and he wants to be the king of pirates. Ah, okay. And he said at some point, I don't want to be the king of the pirates uh-huh. to dominate anybody, yeah. but I want to be free. And the freer man is the king of the pirate because ah. he can go anywhere he wants. Ah. You know, And I was around 11, 12, I think, at that point. <laughs> It's just like, I remember one time um, telling my dad, when I grow up, I want to be a pirate. And he looked at me and he's Obviously, like... Obviously, that is check. not something you wish your child to go for. Yes. And he, he told me, check your dictionary again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then there were that spirit, because when you you discover it, you're just like, there is so much to see. Yeah. There is Nepal, there is Mongolia, yeah. there is South America, yeah. there is Australia. Yeah. I want to see those places. So I had that already. And then I wanted to do a certain studies in engineering, and which I could do in France. So yeah. one and the other together made me move there. Okay. Yeah. How long you've been there? Two years. Two years. Was planning for three. <laughs> But? After two, um, I had the opportunity to move to Germany mm-hmm. uh, to do a dual degree in the masters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for me it was also like, oh, Germans! <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to look at that. I had to discover that country. I had to, yeah, live there to know and to make the difference between the the rumors and the legends about that culture. Yeah, you know, the Deutsch Qualität and. Uh, <laughs> The German are cold and everything people are saying about them. Yeah. Uh, there is no sun in Germany and stuff like that. You know, you just like... Do people say that? Yeah. There is no ge- sun in Germany? Yeah. Okay. I, I remember um, in France when I signed up for the dual degree, one of my very good friends told me, Why? It's cold and dark there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I was like, it's not possible. <laughs> the sun uh, is all over the place, right? Yeah. And so curiosity. I mean, it's the first one for me to hear that Germany doesn't have sun, but uh, <laughs> it's also, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it is it's... really funny. Um, so your family is still back in, wait, Senegal, is it? Or... Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yes, let's say Senegal. Let's But... <laughs> say Senegal. Where are they? <laughs> it also depends on what uh, we put into family right okay okay <laughs> let's talk about parents first where are your parents oh, in senegal they're yeah. in senegal yes. and then you have siblings i know yes. you have two sisters yes. you're the middle child yes okay so where's your elder sister in senegal as well she's in senegal yeah. and where's your younger one uh between china and senegal okay um, okay what so is she doing in china studying also <laughs> studying okay i mean <laughs> traveling <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. I think that is the the main reason for young people to actually move abroad. Because, okay, I also did the same thing, like for my master's degree. I decided to do it in England because I thought, well, if you're doing international journalism, then you should be a little bit more international. Otherwise, it's not really worth it. So, yeah, I do understand. But why China? Why did you choose China? What is she studying again? International management. International management. I so mean, I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess China makes sense. I when guess, you say, yeah. <laughs> when you see that that way. 
And do you think, because you just said that most young people go abroad uh, because of study to be international, do you feel like, uh, are there some statistic about the trend? Are there more people, more young people going abroad now than 30 years ago or something? Okay, I would lie if I say that I know the exact statistics, mm -hmm. but what I know is everything has changed in, in so far that traveling is cheaper than ever before. Also, the fact that we actually see the world every day in the news. In the, so you do kind of get a little bit of fanvy, yeah. you know. Yeah. So on this wanderlust for mm -hmm. the other ones who didn't understand the first word, yeah. I think um, people are just and also like more open. So because before that, you needed a lot of money to travel, a lot of money to finance it. But there are so many scholarships and mm -hmm. so many other directions to do that. So that I think it would be logical that the numbers went up. Mm -hmm. And saying that, I just from the first number you gave, 250 million yeah. just seems so small to me because I know, right? we hear so much about um, migrants, immigration and so on and I'm just thinking 250 million is a quarter billion like it does say that those um, 215 million people are living in a country other than the one they were born in uh -huh. I would say like my little brother he was born here mm. But I would still kind of count him in diaspora. Mm -hmm. yeah. So maybe they are not in the numbers because I think the second generation was born in this new country, but they still have the ties back home. Exactly. And their grandkids most of the time as well. Mm -hmm. So I would also count them in and then the numbers will go up. Yes. Okay, now you said just about your parents and your siblings. Where else are other family members in the world? I feel like pretty much everywhere besides um, Australia. Besides Australia, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That's great. So you always have a place to stay when you decide to visit another continent. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So how do you stay in contact with them? Like, obviously, I guess it's the normal Facebook and WhatsApp call. Yes. Um, Skype used to be something. Now it's more WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, let's see what will happen. Zoom. We yeah. started Zoom last year. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody started Zoom, yeah. Yes. Um, and I also think um, we visit each other. It, it's quite difficult now, uh, but it's something you plan with your cousin because I have cousins who live yeah. in um, the US, for example, or yeah. Netherlands, yeah. or France. And then you plan to visit each other or to go back on a vacation in the same moment. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of communication and synchronization. Okay. But actually, I never felt like um, alone. Like uh, the physical distance is always there, yeah, has been yeah. always there. Obviously, yeah. But there was always also the last 10 years, this emotional um, proximity, I would say. So thinking about COVID, right? Um, mm. Social distancing, I'll call it physical distancing, but yeah. socially we can still be together. Really. Yeah. And uh, that made me really think because for 10 years I've been out of home, but every time I go there, it's just like if I was yeah. there because we are in contact. We, yeah. We're not in social distancing. Yeah. Yeah. distancing. 
Yeah. Okay, so now you've been in Germany for how long? Germany is now eight years. Eight years. <laughs> okay. How did you actually set foot in Germany and get to know people and everything? So you decided to actually stay for eight years because that means you have some friends, you have a network. That's true. I think the network and friends make you stay in mm -hmm. a place. At the beginning, it was Erasmus and your degree. So a lot of international students uh, on the university. I would say that at that point of time, I basically um, had in my circle the international students from a bit Erasmus all over mm -hmm. Europe. Mm -hmm and mostly French people, French who were from my university and we came together to integrate mm -hmm. on the first level. There were my German colleagues yeah. where I was pushing to integrate in the society, to understand the culture. And there were also the African diaspora that I met on the campus. So people from Cameroon, from Nigeria, mostly uh, at that time. So that, that just gives you a nice ecosystem to evolve mm -hmm. in and mm -hmm. to learn from, to grow as well. And after studying, uh, working, you you basically switch. Mm -hmm. It's it's another um, kind of kind of environment. Mm -hmm. And I actually move in different cities in Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> at that point, my my network became more local for for all um, in 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 Bavaria. It's it was for like two or three years more Bavarian. So really local, mm -hmm. and at some point I realized, oh, um, I like the diversity. Okay. But I'm just becoming really uh, Bavarian. <laughs> that um, it, it, it's not a bad thing. Huh? I'm, I'm, I, I like the Weißwurstfrühstück. I like the beer. Uh, I'll never think that I could drink beer and enjoy beer mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. like six years ago i know what you mean yeah i also had to get used to it yeah but then yeah. you get used to it and you like it and yeah like, oh i understand why people like the beer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's but, true but then what i did as well was to look out for network diaspora network like adam afro deutsch academical network mm -hmm which is basically a network of uh, young professionals and students from the African diaspora in Germany. Yeah. So that's also a network I joined uh, two years ago and were um, uh, engaged. And it also gives a good opportunity to build a bridge mm -hmm. with the continent. Mm -hmm. So that I think the idea is to add up all the experiences yeah. and not to switch experiences. Maybe at the beginning in Germany, I focus on understanding the culture yeah. in all of the country yeah. because I was curious and uh, I need to focus to understand the language and understand the people and how the society works. When you get accustomed to that, yeah. comes a point where you, you realize, okay, I'm, I'm switching. Yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting what I was to become something new. Okay. And it's okay, you can choose that. But for me, the point was to add experiences. So those kind of networks allows me to have it both ways, if it's possible, you know. How did you find this add-on network? Funny enough, mm -hmm. it was through a German friend. So she works um, in education. Yeah. And um, we were having a discussion about diversity, international uh, yeah. people in Munich. And... Uh, she was sure that I would know this network. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't know it. And uh, she told me, you should go there. It's really interesting. So I was like, okay. 
I will give it a try. Is it actually helping that you found this network with people who are in the same position as you so you could actually connect to somebody? Or do you think it's actually a bad thing because it could have stopped you to actually get to know German friends and connecting with them with the German traditions and, and everything because you're living here but other network is actually for other mainly black or colored people who are new in this country as well to to find each other and to connect so what do you think that does that kind of concept help i think it's um an enabler what is important is what one make out of it and when i take adam for example adam is very diverse mm -hmm. you have afro-german mm -hmm. from first or second generation mm -hmm. And you have also people like me who are just traveling the world and somehow happen to decide to be here. So I know people and actually I grew a lot in Aden and uh, I learned the German culture a lot by um, being in that uh, mm. setup. Okay, interesting. Yes, um, uh, most people, if I take the, the founder of one of the founder of Aden is an Afro-German who did all his education mm -hmm. in Germany, mm -hmm. socialized as a German. Mm -hmm. Um, and happen to have some African roots, right? Mm -hmm. So when I interact with such a person, it's the same as if I was interacting with a non-black German. Mm. So it, it's breeding really for me. It's kind of welcoming and helping for the integration as well. And discovering on just one level and not all level at the same time. That would mean the way I get it is being in a new country, you don't really need the German people, like in our case, mm -hmm. the German people to actually be interested in Germany, but also just other people who are maybe just like you and who also want to live here. And then together you just figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. But you've been back home in holiday, right? For holiday? Yes. yes. I try to be back home at least once a year. At least once a year, yeah. And I'd like to be back home. <laughs> because um, I I'm really conscious about that. Because sometimes I go back in Togo or in Senegal. Yeah. And after two weeks, I have the feeling that I have to go back home in Munich. Yeah. Right? So I like to say home one, home two, home three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I would say I go visit that place which was part of my life or where I have a lot of memories okay. and connections. But, but for me, like every time I go back to Uganda and then I come back home here, it's like, okay, I, I do feel good to be here. But now that I've freshly um, experienced my other home, I always feel so sad. Do you have the <laughs> same thing? Like, because, you know, like you like them both. Yes. But then every time you're here, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm by myself because the whole family is there just like in your case and then here you only have okay i at least have my parents and siblings but for you it's only yourself and then we also have the social distancing with corona and everything how does it make you feel honestly like when i was studying something like five six seven years ago i felt that like i go back home for three weeks four weeks i come back and i'm sad for two days mm -hmm. and then i get back into the life but the last years and really i, I came back mid-january and i had a reflection about it it's a 10 hour trip mm -hmm. right so during dakar bruxelles switching bruxelles munich all in all I, I, it starts with five hours from dakar to bruxelles mm -hmm. then you come the temperature is different. You go from 25 degree to three degree mm -hmm. or zero or mm -hmm. minus one. So you prepare everything. And then um, people are different. So 
There, the normal person is black. Here, the normal person is white. Normal being the demographic, the, the majority of the mm -hmm. demographic. So visually, it's different. Infrastructures are different. And I did all that. I got home in my apartment, mm -hmm. and I just thought to myself, <laughs> uh, "Is that normal? Mm, <laughs> like yeah. this switching, the, yeah. this ability to just switch and seamlessly." And really, I had to quarantine. So when I come to the airport, there was a supermarket at the airport. I did my grocery store mm -hmm. and then I came home and then I put everything in the fridge and that was it. Mm. I took my work laptop to check my emails, mm. to prepare for the yeah, the week and um, yeah, laundry and everything like routine. And in the evening, I lie in bed and we're like 24 hours ago, I was in 25 yeah. degree. Yeah at home like with the whole family what is wrong with you like <laughs> no emotion mm -hmm. you don't feel the switch everything is just the same and the next day uh, starting the call starting playing the week it's it's possible it's doable i don't know if it's normal <laughs> i don't know if it's normal i think we get used to it we I get will... used to it i think yeah. i don't think it will ever be normal but yeah. you just learn how to deal with it and exactly. if you have different places where you feel at home then that feeling won't be new yeah. actually i was enjoying it because i had my plans so i start checking them oh they are still alive <laughs> and that and that and yeah, I had some work to do in the basement. It just, I was not sad. I was just switching to another normal yes. that I enjoy as yes. well. Yeah. It's not like you are downgrading or upgrading. You're literally just switching. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. how it is. And But that is something that you had to realize over the years. Yeah. Because home is where the family is, many people say. But then you also create your own home in your new country. So I totally get what you're saying. It was a lovely conversation, to be honest. Oh, it was. Just cheers to that. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for being here. <laughs>